All right, well, get your Bible, everybody, and uh, turn with me, if you would, to Psalm chapter 92. Psalm chapter 92, and we like to stand as we read God's Word, so I'm going to invite you to stand as we read the Word of God together. Psalm 92, um, for the longest time, it was debated and still is debated about who actually wrote Psalm 92. You know, all the Psalms are not written by King David. A lot of, a lot of them are, but, but there are, you know, the sons of Korah, Moses. I mean, I mean you know, there's, there's a lot of different writers and contributors to the book of Psalms. And for many years, uh, a lot of people believe that Psalm 92 is actually written maybe by Adam, going all the way back to Adam. Um, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, but really consensus mostly is today that it was probably composed by David uh, because of some of the languages or some of the language that he uses that's congruent with other Psalms that, that he wrote as far as how he pins the Hebrew. Um, and so probably written by David. It's the only Psalm that is designated to be read um, on the Sabbath or on Shabbat, that was, you know, be their culture, but we would call it the Sabbath. Um, and in this psalm, it's about giving thanks to God, and, and it's about His justice and His judgment, and it's really about how the unrighteous may flourish for a season, but they won't flourish forever but the righteous will flourish forever. That's really what he's giving praise to God about. And I just want to read three verses um, and then speak to you from that today, what I feel like the Lord put on my heart. So Psalm 92, verse 12, everybody, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. Come on, my boomers and beyond. Praise the Lord. If you're still breathing, God ain't done, somebody. Right? They will bear fruit in old age. As I'm getting older, this is starting to speak to me a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Praise the Lord. Anyways, thank you, Jesus. They will be fresh and flourishing. Man, what a great promise. Today, I want to talk to you about planted on purpose. That's what I want to talk to you about, planted on purpose. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for this place. God, it, you have given it to us, but it is your house, and it's a place where we will forever come and meet with you as long as we are here. Lord, today, as we gather in your presence and open your word, open our hearts and help us to receive from you exactly what you would have us to know, to hear, to understand. Lord, today, as Jesus would say many times, let him who has ears, let them hear. Lord, today, give us those ears to hear the voice of the Spirit and what you are saying to us. In Jesus' name, And everybody said, amen. amen. And you can be seated. Thank you so much for standing in God's house. Planted on purpose. Planted on purpose. Um, you know, I, I, my dad taught me this years ago. My dad's uh, retired. He and mom are here. But uh, dad pastored for many, many years, preached many, many sermons. He preached in the days where you preached on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, everybody. I don't know if I could live if I had to come up with three sermons a week. You know what I'm saying? It would, it would be sketchy, everybody. Um, but he told me when I, when I felt like the Lord wanted me to preach... I asked him for some advice, and one of the things he told me was, son, always carry a notepad around with you because you just never know when the Holy Spirit might inspire you, where he might give you a word, or you might see something, and it relates to a scripture, or you might just, you know, you can be going through your day, and, and something speak to you. You could just view a plant, and all of a sudden, God starts talking, and, and so I have a, a notepad. It's actually digital. It's in my iPad, where I write a lot of sermon ideas that just things I feel inspired, and sometimes they develop into messages, and sometimes they don't. But as we're getting ready for this weekend, the Lord brought me back to some things I'd written in times past and written down and things I'd wanted to preach and not ever really gotten around to um, or never felt that it was the time. But I wanted today to preach on Psalm 92 because I, I feel like our church, we're moving into this new location, and it's a, it's a pivotal moment for us. It's a wonderful celebration. It's exciting for all that God is doing, but I felt like the Lord wanted us to, to remind us of some things. 
And that was why I wanted to bring this message. And, and what I want to say before I get into the message so I don't forget to say it, is the, the, the sermon in a sentence is in the text. And that is, if you're planted, you will flourish. The word flourish is actually in the text. It's in every verse we just read. In three verses, the word flourish was three times in it. Now, if you're a guy and you, you know, you're like, what is flourish? You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I want to flourish, you know. Well, if you look at it, it really means to blossom. That doesn't help, does it? To bud. Uh, if you go back to the Hebrew, it's actually literally sprout is what it means. That God is saying the righteous planted will sprout. But let me give you some, maybe some contemporary um, synonyms for flourish. Uh, thrive, succeed, advance, grow, strengthen, significance. Those would be more some contemporary synonyms, if you will. And I think when you think about that, I think everybody, like, I want to be significant. I, I want to be successful. I, I want to I thrive. I, I want to grow. You know, I, I want to be all that God has created and designed me to be. Don't you all feel that way, right? And that's the way that I feel too. And so that's, that idea is in the text. But I want you to understand, this is what the Lord says in the text, that if you want to thrive, if you want to succeed, if you want to blossom, bud, flourish, be fruitful, all of those things. He said, this is how it comes. Those who are planted. Now I'm going to talk about that and unpack it in just a minute, but I want to say this as pastor, I want you to be planted and I don't want you to be planted because I'm the pastor. I want you to be planted because that's what God wants for your life. And I want you to be planted so that you can experience the fullness of life that I think God wants you to experience. Now, I want to say something. The Bible talks about this. In fact, a lot of times the Bible relates to us uh, as trees. I don't know if you know that, but um, it, the Bible says that we will be trees of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. That's Psalm 61. And so sometimes this is kind of a metaphor uh, that we get or a picture of believers. But I want you to understand, like in Psalm chapter one, it talks about being planted by the streams of water. Psalm 92, he said, planted in, in the house of God, right? Psalm 61, the, 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 the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Now that's an Old Testament picture. New Testament, Paul, the apostle Paul used the body talking about how we're all parts of the body. And he uses a word he, or a phrase to the Corinthians where he says, I arranged the parts or God arranges the parts in the body. One version said he sets the parts into the body as he wills. The picture is the same. God is either planting or God is setting in. I say that to say that being planted in a house is a spiritual thing that comes from the Lord and by the Lord. And it's a decision I make, not based maybe on where I wanna go or if I wanna be planted. No, I make that decision because the Lord plants me in a place. In other words, if, if, this, if you think this is where you're supposed to be, see, here's the point. You need to know where you're supposed to be planted. And being planted may not be about where maybe you even want to go as much as where God wants you to be. He plants, he sets in. And so my point is, I, I knew this growing up, uh, this was just the way church was done, but you prayed about which church to go, and here's why you prayed. Because when God sent you to that church, you knew God sent me here, I'm not just coming in and out. I'm not here because this is where I wanna be this week, and that's where I wanna be next week. No, I know the Lord has purposed for me to be here and I will be here because that's the purpose of the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes you need that assurance from the Lord that I'm not just attending a place. God sent me here. This is now my church. This is where I'm going to be planted. And I want you to know, I want you to be planted and I want to say one other thing and then we'll unpack the, the verses that we read. But I want to say one other thing. But there's a difference. Hear me and I'm going to say it this way. There's a difference between attending and being planted, right? So there's a difference in this. 
And, and, I'm, and I want to point it out because I'm not 100% sure that, that it's been taught. And, and that's not your fault. That's not my fault. But I want to make the point so that you know you can attend a church. And that's good. You come. You, you, you pay attention. You, you, you receive. You hear. You listen. That's attending. Being planted is when I put some roots down. Being planted is when it's my home. And it's my family. And it's my people. And I'm in a life group and I'm on a serve team and I'm taking next step path classes that everyone should take, whether you're one or 100, everyone should go through those three first next step path classes. I've been to first step. That's the first one, obviously, it's starting uh, December 3rd, first step. If you've never been there, register, sign up. We'll help you stop at connection point. But, but my point is that we need to be planted. So I want you to hear, have that picture. And that's why I have a plant. We're going to we're going to have some fun with the plant, but not too much fun. But the point is, I want you to see the difference between being planted. Because it doesn't say those who attend the house of the Lord will flourish. It says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And I need you to see the difference. Because if you don't see the difference, you could actually think you're planted. Uh, I was in a grocery store one time and I was checking out. And a lady said something to me. And, and I don't remember how it came up. Uh, but church came up, and, um, and I said, well, where do you go to church? And she said, I go to Pathway Church. And I said, wow, that's awesome. I said, do, do you like it? And she said, oh, yeah, I love it. And I said, well, what do you think about the, the preacher? And, and I said, because I've heard he's not any good. And she said, no, he actually, he's actually a great preacher. And I said, I'm going to have to check that place out. And she said, you should. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she had attended. I'm not so sure she was planted. <laughs> Are you with me? Right? And so I want you to, <laughs> I want you to know the difference. And I want you to understand when David is speaking here in the psalm, he's saying those who are planted, he's not talking about those who attend. But he's talking about those that are planted. They have put roots down. This family, this is their place. They, they are immovable. They are here. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? So with that, what's the benefit or, or why do we need to get planted? Well, let me give you three things. You can write these down if you take notes. I always encourage you to bring a, a pad or a pencil. In fact, we're going to order some and we'll have them for you. I'd like every Pathway person to have a notebook because you, you remember so much more what you write down. And, and so I want you to take notes today. And, and so if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes today, go ahead and write this down, okay? <laughs> Number one, when we're planted, we find significance. We find significance. Um, when we started Pathway, before we had really a vision statement, our vision statement is on earth as it is in heaven because that's what Jesus told us to pray. Our mission is to help every person believe in Jesus, belong to a family, become a disciple, and build God's kingdom. But before we really could put those things in writing, I just had this... Um, maybe a mantra, uh, maybe a slogan. I don't know what would be an appropriate way to describe it, but that's really what it was, a phrase. And the phrase was connecting people to purpose. And I said, Lord, that's my heart. That's what I like to do. I want to connect people to purpose because what the Bible says about you and says about me is we are all created on purpose for a purpose. You're created on purpose for a purpose. Let me give you a principle that you'll see in the Bible. In the Bible, God never starts with a person. He always starts with a purpose. And once God has a purpose, then he creates or calls a person. Did you hear what I just said? So God starts with a purpose. So when, when God, in the garden, when God made Adam and Eve, God didn't make Adam and Eve and say, Okay, and he called a staff meeting with the Son and the Holy Spirit. So you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're having a staff meeting. He's like, you know, guys, we've got this man and this woman, and I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, they're running around naked in the garden, having a great time. But right now, it's starting to look like Woodstock, and, and I, don't know, I don't know what we're going to do with them. And then maybe the Holy Spirit said, you know what? We could come up with a purpose. And God's like, you know what? We could. 
No, when you read the Bible, what you find is, we said, let us make man, and he said, in our image, according to our likeness, right? And he said, let them subdue, you know, let them be like us, according to our image, according to our likeness. And we find out that God had a plan for them all along to subdue and take dominion. Before they, were, before they were even made, he's like, I want them to, to look like me and to be in my likeness. And, and I want them, you know, to, to build the kingdom, to take dominion. Let them have dominion over creation. So God actually started with a purpose. And then he created the person. According to Ephesians chapter 2, it's the same with you. Because what you know in Ephesians chapter 2, most people know verse 8 is by grace that we've been saved through faith. And it's not of works. It's a gift of God so that no one should boast. In other words, no bragging rights in heaven. We all get there because of the goodness of Jesus, not because of how good we are. Amen? But verse 10 con continues, we are his workmanship. Some, some versions say masterpiece. I kind of like that one. Sometimes I need to be reminded that God looks at me and sees a masterpiece because I look at me and see a hot mess. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Some days my masterpiece looks a little bit like Picasso. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anybody feel that way, right? Amen. But he says we're a masterpiece, and he says he created us. Now, I'm going to paraphrase. You can read it, Ephesians 2, verse 10. But he says he created us for good works that he prepared in advance that we would walk in them. So in other words, in you, concerning you, God started with a purpose, and then he made you. So you need to know you're created, you're made on purpose for a purpose. Life, you know, uh, I think it was Mark Twain that said the two greatest moments um, really is, is when, you know, a person is born and the second greatest moment is when they realize why, right? And so you were created on purpose. And I said, as a church, that's what I want to do. I want to help connect people to purpose because here's what I know from doing years and years of life in ministry. Here's what I know. The happiest people on earth are actually not the people with the fewest problems. They're the people with the greatest understanding of their purpose. The most fulfilled people are the people, not with the fewest problems, not with the most money. They're the people that actually have the greatest understanding of their purpose. And that's what we want for everybody. In fact, that's why we do the classes that we do and we have groups and we have everything that we do because I'm convinced God created you on purpose for a purpose and we want to connect you to purpose and here's what what the the psalmist is telling us actually is those who are planted realize their significance those who are planted find the reason they find the purpose those who are implanted they they you know we don't some of the guys I understand don't like the word sprout but in other words we we, we become who God created us to be. We experience the purpose for which God has created us for. And that comes when we are planted. The, the Bible gives this, um, he gives, gives this a term in the Bible. Jesus uses it, but, but he talks about being fruitful. In fact, in the text, in Psalm 92, David uses, you will, you will you know, basically flourish like a palm. The, the palm that he's referring to is called a date palm. If you were to go over to, to Israel, to, to, you know, to the area of Palestine, to that area, you're going to see these huge date palm trees, and they're called blessed trees because a date palm can produce hundreds of pounds of fruit. Some as much as 300 pounds of fruit. Now that's fruitful, isn't it? Amen. Right? But why do they produce that much fruit? Why do they experience that much significance? Why do they walk in that much purpose? Do you know why? According to Psalm 92, because they are planted in the right place. Right? I don't know if you know this. In fact, the word planted in the Bible could have been translated transplanted. Could have just as easily been translated into English, transplanted. It, 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 I thought that was interesting because I thought, you know, truthfully, you can be planted in the wrong place and then God needs to plant you in the right place, right? Because you could be planted in a business and even though you need to work there, that's not where you want to be planted. That's not where you flourish. He didn't say those who are planted in their company flourish, right? You can be planted in a wrong relationship, <laughs> 
right? So, so you can be planted in other places, but what he's saying is those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those are the ones who flourish. Those are the ones that produce fruit. And you say, well, what kind of fruit? What is fruit? Well, most of the time when we talk about fruit, a lot of people immediately, if you know your Bible, you, you know, maybe the book of Galatians, you go to the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace, right? Uh, kindness, right? I don't know if you know this, but a fruit of the Spirit is kindness, and that's a fruit that doesn't exist much in our world anymore. It costs, it costs you nothing to be nice. I have to remember this because I have a resting face that doesn't look kind. And I'm a big guy, you know, so I'm already a big guy and already look like I, I had a pastor friend for years. He said, for years, I thought you were mad at me. I said, why would I be mad? He said, I don't know. Just every time I looked at you, you looked like you were mad at me. I said, well, I've got rest and frowny face. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I just, I mean, like, honestly, like, <laughs> you know, this is Pastor Marty happy. This is Pastor Marty mad. This is Pastor Marty excited. You know, pray for Jana. You know what I'm saying? And so... And so I realized that, that my, my natural resting face doesn't reek of kindness. And so I have then, because I know that when I go and interact with people at stores or if I'm buying something or whatever the case may be, I remember. Now, remember, you don't always look happy, even though most of the time I'm very happy. But I always, so I always try to say, hey, how are you today? How is your day going? Because I found when I start saying how, I, like if I say, how is your day? I naturally smile. So this is my cheat code. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I walk, hey, how are you today? Did you see how that happened? How are you today? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a miracle. All right, so anyways, so I learned to do that because I want to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which love, joy, and peace, and kindness, and self-control. But the Bible even goes more because that fruit of the Spirit, really what it's talking about is kind of the nature of God right? God is loving. God is kind. God is merciful. God is long-suffering or temperate, you know. So, so, but, but there's even more that when you think about what the Word of God says, Peter says this, 1 Peter 1 he says, for you have been born again, not a perishable seed. This is a word Peter talks about a lot, but imperishable through the living, enduring Word of God. So here's what he said. This is what we do. How do we produce fruit? The seed of God is planted, and then the fruit of God is produced. And he says, we were born again, not of a perishable seed or, or, or a natural seed, but it was the eternal, imperishable, powerful seed of the word of God. So in other words, God's supposed to go in and then God's supposed to come out. Are you with me? And so now producing fruit, yes, could be love and, and joy, but producing fruit could be encouraging and building someone up and giving strength to them. Producing fruit could, could be being kind, certainly, but producing fruit could also be about the truth of God being lived out in your life. Are you with me? The righteousness of God and the rightness of God in relationships and the rightness, because that's what righteousness means, and the, the rightness of God um, in, in our dealings with life, the integrity of God. So, so in other words, God goes in and then God comes out. Now, when you talk about fruit and you talk about the date palm, what's amazing that we all understand about fruit trees is fruit trees do not produce fruit for the tree. Fruit trees produce fruit to nourish other people. So when we're talking about our significance, let me help you understand significance. Significance is when my life produces something that someone else can consume. I'm not talking about being used. That's a relationship series and we can talk about boundaries. But I'm saying people around me should be blessed by their interaction with me. I should bring strength to them. I could bring encouragement to them. I could bring hope to them. I could bring healing to them, right? In other words, my life can produce fruit that nourishes someone else. Everybody, let's say this together. Ready? Say this. It's not about me. Isn't that freeing? It's just freeing. Oh, it's just not about me, right? No. See, John Maxwell says this, one of my favorite John Maxwell quotes. He says, success is when I add value to myself. Significance is when I add value to someone else. In the house of God, 
we're planted and we find significance because we begin to, to actually produce fruit and be significant, not for our lives, but for other people's lives. And that is finding purpose and that is life transforming because that is what you were created for is a life of significance, a life that impacts others. And ultimately, can I just tell you something? That's actually what you want. You actually want your life to make a difference for other people. And it is actually the most fulfilling thing that you can experience. And so we said, hey, if we're playing in the house of the Lord, right, this is going to be fun. If we're playing in the house of the Lord, we're going to be fruitful. And so here's the thing. Here's the problem. I love making messes. Because this, this is a, this is, and I learned this this morning. This is a fiddle leaf fig. I just like saying it. It's like, you know, there's like Christian cuss words. Y'all know what those are. Some of you, okay. For some of you, you're still cussing. But, um, but as we mature in the Lord, and sometimes it might be appropriate, but as we mature in the Lord, we, we come up with Christian cuss words like shoot, shoot fire. You know what I'm saying? And so we, sometimes we need explicatives and we, we don't have them. But I found one today. I'm like, oh, fiddly fig. You know what I'm saying? Come on. It just feels good to say it. You know what I'm saying? Fiddly fig. You know, the next time something doesn't work out, I'm going, oh, fiddly fig. You know what I'm saying? It's just... <laughs> but look at this. Look at this. What happens for this fiddly fig? F fiddly fig. <laughs> what happens if this fiddly fig, if, if we're not planted? Oh, I made a mess, guys. I'm sorry. Well, how long is it going to be fruitful? See, every plant was actually made for a purpose. The fiddly fig was made for a purpose. At the very least, right now, besides beauty, it's actually giving us oxygen. We know that, right? But the way that plant becomes fruitful is it has to be planted because it's just simply not going to be significant if it just says, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm going to go live my life on my own. I'm going to go do my own thing. And we'd be like, oh, fiddly fig. <laughs> My point is, if, according to Psalm 92, if you really want to produce fruit, if you really want to live a life of significance, you have to be planted. Here's the second thing. Write this down. When we're planted, we receive nourishment. We receive nourishment. Um, I don't know. Does anybody know that you need food? Is everybody aware of that? Anybody ever been hungry? Everybody, anybody hungry right now? Yeah, praise the Lord. Me too. Um, so we know, <laughs> we know we need food naturally. And if you don't eat food naturally, then you're, you know, you're not going to be healthy and you could actually perish. You could actually die if you don't eat food naturally. But did you know you need food spiritually? Yeah, let me give you a verse. 1 Peter 2, chapter 2. It says, like newborn infants... Long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Look at what Peter says. He says you need, he's not talking about natural milk. He's saying when we come to Christ and we get saved, we need spiritual milk so we can grow up into salvation. In other words, think about this. He's saying it's possible to be an infant believer, and the way you move from being an infant believer to a toddling believer to an adolescent believer to a teenage believer to a young adult believer is you have to eat spiritually. And it's by eating that we grow up. Here's what he's actually saying. You can have Christians that haven't grown up. I would submit there are many. Because they thought the goal was to get saved. No, the goal is to change the world. The goal is to bear fruit. The goal is to have fruit on my life that other people can partake of. And if I'm going to be a healthy plant of the Lord, a healthy planting of the Lord, I'm going to have to have some nourishment. I'm going to have to have some spiritual food. Let me give you three characteristics of spiritual food. You can write these down. Number one, spiritual food satisfies your soul. There's a lot of people trying to satisfy their soul with the wrong kinds of food, i.e. the woman at the well. The problem with the woman at the well wasn't just that she needed natural water. It was that she had been rejected and rejected and rejected through multiple, multiple relationships and now was living with 
with someone that she wasn't married to at all, stuck again in a bad relationship. So there was something her soul needed, not just, not just water that her body needed. And to this, Jesus shows up and he said, hey, I can give you water that will actually quench the thirst that, that is driving your life. And so it is possible to try to be satisfied in the wrong places with the wrong water at the wrong well. And he's saying, hey, your soul needs to be nourished. Your soul can be satisfied, but that's why you need spiritual food. And there's a lot of people trying to satisfy a spiritual need with physical needs and physical relationships and physical affirmations, but your soul needs to be satisfied. So spiritual food satisfies your soul. Spiritual food sustains your life. Jesus said this, he said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I need spiritual food. I don't live just by natural bread. I need spiritual bread. That's how I live. It sustains my life. And then thirdly, spiritual food, and this gets us back to what Peter said, spiritual food promotes maturity. Look at Hebrews 5 verse 13. It says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. Here's what he's saying again. The goal is you need spiritual food, but look at this. Peter said we need milk. The writer of Hebrews says, well, you need milk for a time, but milk is designed to get you to solid food. It's designed to get you to, to maturity, like you have to keep growing and keep maturing. But all of this is speaking to the fact that spiritually, we need nutrition. And spiritually, we're supposed to grow. One of our, we have five values at our church, uh, uh, found people, find people, save people, serve people. No one does life alone and healthy things grow and we are generous. But healthy things grow, I put that in there because you need to understand that as believers, you're supposed to grow. Peter said, grow up into salvation. Don't, don't stay an infant. In other words, I'm supposed to understand more about what God's word says and God's meaning of life and what God wants to do in and through my life and what he says, what his values are, what righteousness is to God. In other words, I'm supposed to grow. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? And now let me say something else. Spiritual growth is your responsibility. Right? And David said, your responsibility if you want to grow is, first of all, make sure you're planted, right? I've seen this for years, but I've seen people who, who just never seem to be able to grow spiritually. But when you look back, it's because they never put down roots anywhere. They never actually get planted. They never actually come under the leadership of, of a church and receive and, and, and get involved. See, my goal is I don't want just everyone to attend life groups. If you're here today, my goal for you is at some point, I want you to lead a life group. Because being a disciple means not only I adhere to the teachings of Jesus, being a disciple means I can teach the teachings of Jesus. And if you've been saved 10 years and you couldn't teach a parable or teach a teaching of Jesus, don't feel bad, but understand, hey, I've got to set a new goal. I should be able to understand enough of Scripture that I could teach it. I'm not saying you have to go be a pastor. I'm not saying you have to go to Bible school or seminary. I'm just saying you ought to be able to open the Word of God and teach other people what he's saying. Just like Philip and, and, and the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian's like, no one will explain to me this scroll of Isaiah. And Philip had to sit down. He was taken by a whirlwind, which is a pretty cool way to travel. Anyways, um, and, and so he has to sit and he explains the prophet Isaiah to the Ethiopian. And, and we say Philip was a disciple. What does the disciple do? He explains the teachings of Jesus. You should be able to explain to people what the Bible says. Not every nuance. I, there's tons of stuff I don't even understand. It's, it's, it's a big book. You know, I get it. But you still should be able to teach the basic things of righteousness and faith and salvation and those type of things because that's the goal. And that's part of growing up. And according to David, the way that we grow is we have to be planted because when we're planted, um, we receive spiritual food. And I don't know if you thought about this, but when you're planted in a house, yes, the benefit is obviously you're, you're hearing me teach and, and, and you're receiving that, or maybe you're a student, you're hearing Pastor J-Dub, or right now the kids are being taught the Word of God on the other side of the, of the building. And, and then there's classes, and those are taught by different people. So a lot of teaching going on. But also when you're planted in the house of the Lord, you're planted with other plants. And you know, part of the way God nourishes us, listen, 
Part of the way God nourishes us is through other people. Now let me say it another way. Part of the way God nourishes other people is through you. Right? In fact, I can show you this in Scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what? Every joint. If you're an every, would you raise your hand real quick if you're an every? Yeah, some of you are not everys, and that's okay. I don't know what category that puts you in because everybody, everyone, every, praise the Lord. Anyway, so it says... Right? From whom, from whom the whole body knit together by what? Every joint supplies according to the effect and working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying, some versions say building up of itself in love. Building up, edifying, uh, building up might even be a better picture in our contemporary language. Um, yeah, ekos dome is the word, domi, ekos dome is the Greek word that Paul uses here. He uses this base word, ekos. It's, it's kind of like the yogurt, actually, but that's not what he's talking about because um, it's O-I-K-O-S, you know, so it's the, if you eat that Greek yogurt. But anyways, um, <laughs> it's good yogurt, actually. Anyways, not, I don't get paid by them, but, you know, hey, I don't know. Maybe we put this on Instagram make some money for the church. Anyways, um, <laughs> But the, the word is a combination word. Ecos is house, and dome is dome, like roof. And so what he's saying is you're the building or the, as when every part is connected and planted and doing its work, it's like a house with a roof. He, he's saying it's an interdependence, not codependence. That's something we need counseling for. Interdependence, though, is healthy in the body of Christ, okay? Um, but what he's saying is if you're a house, you need a roof, and if you're a roof, you need a house. That's what he's actually saying. In other words, if you're a roof, you need a house to hold you up. And if you're a, if you're a house, you need a roof to cover you, you know, and, and hold you together kind of thing, right? And so he's, he's giving this picture. In fact, that root word oikos or ekos is really how it's said in Greek. Um, that word actually um, is where we get the word ecology or ecological systems, which are interdependent systems. Like we exist in ecologies, like a rainforest, right? Essentially is an ecological environment where everything kind of is giving and receiving is symbiotic is the point. So Paul is using this terminology to say in the house of God, this is how it functions, that when we come together, I need you and you need me. And I receive from you and you receive from me. And through that, we are built up, made strong. We are healthy and we grow. So here's what he's saying. When we grow together, we grow together. Do you see that? Like when we grow together, we grow together. Pastor Marty can preach in sign language. When we grow together, we grow together, right? When we grow together, we go together. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to say it. But this is the point that he's making is that we need to be in the house of God and planted in the house of God so we can flourish, so we can be successful, so we can thrive. And so in other words, I, I don't know when we're planted, if you can understand this, but we're planted in the house of God, right? And then being planted in the house of God, we still need nutrition, I don't know why we understand that plants need food, but our souls don't, right? If we can understand there's food for plants, there's plant food, then there has to be spirit food and there has to be soul food. Now, I'm not, soul food, that's a different thing, man. You know, listen now, if you get you some good soul food, that'll change your life, all right? You understand what I'm saying? But I'm just... <laughs> But I'm just saying we need food spiritually just like we, the plant needs nutrition. Are you with me? Now, let me say something else. Let me say something else because I had them get me a, a window here, right? It's just an old window. Y'all see that? Can y'all see me? I can see y'all too. Yeah, I can see y'all too. I want to make the point that... Watching someone be planted and being planted are not the same thing. So let me talk about online church for a minute. First of all, I love it. I love it. I'm so blessed and so grateful for our production team and all that they do to make sure 
that the ministry of our church goes not only to our church family who can't be with us, but to anyone that would like to look in and see what God is doing. And I'm so grateful. We'll never stop that. We're going to expand it. It's a ministry of our church, and I want to reach as many people as we can. But I need you to understand, Pathway Church, I need you to understand that there's a difference between watching people be planted and being planted. There's a difference between viewing people being nourished and being nourished. See, a window, I mean, there's some things that can come through the window. I mean, you know, sunlight can come through the window, and, and plants need sunlight. Some more than others, but plants need sunlight. But, but you, can't, you can't always get everything you need through the window. Are you with me? And so when we're talking about being planted in the house of the Lord in a digital age, and, and we're working diligently in, in, in a lot of ways to be able to expand what we do online because we'd love to do classes online and groups online and those type of things because we want to serve the people in our church that can't come all the time or the people that travel or the people that live in other parts of the world. But I want you to understand that online church is, is there for when you can't be here. But it's not supposed to take the place of being here, right? Because remember, he didn't say those who attend, and he didn't say those who view the house of the Lord. He said those who are planted in the house of the Lord flourish. And I want you to flourish. I want you to thrive. I want you to be successful. I want you to experience significance. And most importantly, I want you to experience the benefits of being planted in the house of the Lord, and I want you to be nourished and watered and fed spiritually. Are you with me? So I want you to be planted. Here's the last thing. So we find significance, right? Um, we receive nourishment, and write this down, we gain strength. In Psalm 92, he said, we're going to grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Uh, the cedars of Lebanon are known for their strength. In fact, that's what they built palaces, and that's what the temple was built out of in the Bible, in the Bible days. The first temple uh, was built out of these cedars of Lebanon because they were known for their strength. Here's what David is saying, is that the house of the Lord, where you're planted, is a source of strength. In other words, if I'm not planted in the house of the Lord, how many think, uh-oh, I don't know what that is. It's got lots of things going on. But how many know, if I just sat that outside like that, and a storm comes, it's going to turn into Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, everybody. And, right? But what, what happens is when I'm planted in the house of the Lord, there's strength there. Right? And David's saying, listen to me. Here's a truth you all know, and I know it too. Sooner or later, you're going to come up against something you're not strong enough for. Right? And, and it's just a fundamental thing about life. And I wish it weren't true. And I'd love to tell you, if you just love Jesus and follow Jesus, it's going to be shady and downhill. And you're never going to run into anything you're not strong enough for. But here's what being a pastor for, for 20 years has taught me and, and living for over 40 years has taught me. It's taught me that sooner or later in life, you're going to run up against something you're not strong enough for. And that's what David knows too, because David knows as strong and as a mighty man, giant slayer, mighty in battle, there were times David ran up against things that he was not strong enough for. And what David would do in those times, you see in the Old Testament, but David would say he ran to the stronghold of the Lord. Now, a lot of times we read in the New Testament where Paul talks about a stronghold being a negative thing. It's a way of thinking that's contrary to God, and that's true. But you need to understand, David said, I ran to the stronghold of the Lord. It says he went and went, went into the stronghold of the Lord. Uh, he, said, he said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a stronghold, essentially. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. The point is, when, when life happens and you're weak, or you're weakened, or you're dealing with things, we're, we're wired to run somewhere. The question is, where are you running? What is your stronghold? In other words, when life happens, what do you run to? It could be pornography or Oreos. It could be online shopping or another bad relationship. Or it can be the stronghold, stronghold of the Lord. Are you with me? And, and this is what David is saying. He's like, hey, if you're planted in the wrong place, when life happens, 
It's not going to go well for you. So you need to be planted. You need to find your strength in the house of the Lord. You need to be planted in the house of the Lord. I, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, these strongholds, what, what people run to categorically, what are they? And the Lord kind of gave me these words. He said, most people, he said, if they're not playing the house of the Lord, when, when trials come, many times they'll run to either acceptance or affirmation, or they'll run to for, some form of indulgence. And another word for indulgence could be medication. In fact, both of those are medication in a way. All right? And, and, and I want you to know that that's kind of in our culture, like run to these, all these things, you know, medicate it, get in another relationship, find this, do that, try this, eat that, take this, whatever the case may be. And what I want you to know is real strength is found in the house of the Lord. Psalm 68, 35 says, you God are awesome. Look at this in your sanctuary. Do you see that? You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary, and in your sanctuary, the God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. I want us to be programmed that when we need strength, we run to God's house. When we've had a bad week, we run to God's house. I don't care if you've sinned all week. You run to God's house. Are you with me? When we need strength, this is what he said. God is awesome in his sanctuary. Just like today, I thought about this verse. I knew it was in my notes, but as we were worshiping and I could hear people singing and I loved hearing you worship today and many of you, most of you were here early to worship and I love that too because we, don't, we only have a little bit of time. We don't wanna miss that time because God speaks. But, but when we gather in his house, I just kept thinking as I hear everybody would worship and I would say, oh, God is awesome in his sanctuary and God is giving strength to his people, right? And, and this is what, what, what David is trying to get across to us is listen, listen, to have a stable life, you need to be planted in the right place. That's what, you know, in Ephesians 4, and I don't have time, obviously, to talk a lot about it, but Paul gives this analogy or this metaphor of a baby in a boat. And he said, if we're not planted, if we're not part of the body, we're tossed around on every wind and on every wave. And I don't want you to live that way. That's no way to live. I want you to be planted. I want you to receive strength here. I want you to, to, to receive nourishment here. I want you to find significance. Be connected on purpose. We want to help you connecting people to purpose. We want you to live a vibrant life, a thriving life, a flourishing life, a successful life, a significant life. That's what we want for you. And most importantly, in the day in which we live, we want you to be strong and strengthened. Um, in 2020, it was by far, most of you know it as the COVID year, but it was the hardest year of my life. I went through the darkest season of my life, walked through, uh, my kids and I, the hardest thing we've ever walked through in our life. And because I was the pastor, our, our elders and overseers at Gateway and, and all, they, they recommended that I take, obviously, a sabbatical. But it was an extended sabbatical of about six months. And really the recommendation was, you know, it's, it prob probably you shouldn't go to church because if you go to Pathway, you're the senior pastor and, and people will expect you to be the senior pastor. And right now you need to focus on your own healing on the kids and that kind of thing. And that was good advice. It was good. But, you know, so the kids and I, we watch, you know, Pathway Online and thank God for it. And I was so blessed by it to, you know, we'd gather and sit in the living room and, and turn on, you know, Pathway and we would worship with you and pray with you and hear the word. And, but I just got to a place where I thought, I'm not doing that well. You know, I was talking to my counselor about it. And, and so I told the elders, I'm like, I, I just need to be in God's house. I need to be in God's house. And I, I said, if it's okay with you guys, I want to come. And, and they said, absolutely, if that's what you feel you need. And I just want to brag on our church because in that season, uh, our church just let me be a human and not necessarily a pastor. And I think you, our church understands better than everybody. I'm just, I'm just a guy. You know, like, I'm not anything special. I'm just, just a guy like you're a guy or a gal, you know, and I love the Lord. And you have your role and I have my role. You have your place. I have my place. And, and so nothing super special there. And, and so the church let me come and just let me sit and let me worship and let me pray and let me hear the word. And everybody loved on me like I was just a normal church person. It was the greatest season, honestly. But here's what God did in that time. God healed me. And God strengthened me. And I remember a man in our church, he said something to the effect of, you know, we were talking about it. 
And I said, it's amazing to see how the church is actually, God is actually using the church that, that God used me to plant. Now he's using that church to bring healing and restoration to my life. And he said, maybe this is a new model for many pastors who experience difficulty. But this is what God did in those times. He brought restoration. He brought healing. But God strengthened me. And God built me up. And he did it, listen, through Pathway Church. I say that so that you understand. I'm not preaching this because it's a good sermon. I'm preaching this because I'm the poster boy for it. I'm not preaching this because it's a good suggestion. I'm preaching this because I've proven it works. And I'm telling you, if you want to find significance, if you want to be nourished and grow, and if you want to find and gain strength, that doesn't come just by attending or by watching. It comes by being planted in God's house. And I'll say where I started this message, I want you to be planted in the house of God. Put down roots, become family, grow, be discipled, become a disciple, disciple other people, and watch how God uses your life to impact other people and experience that joy that comes from that significance of that supernatural working that only God does when we're planted in his house. Amen. Can you give God praise today? Hey, Pastor Marty here from Pathway Church. And I just want to say thank you for joining us. And I want to encourage you to get connected and stay connected. And there's several ways you can do that. Number one, you can download the Pathway app. And we are all the time offering resources and information on that app for you. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you do, make sure you click the bell so that you never miss any life-giving and life-changing content as we add it to the channel. And then also... Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Look, our hope and heart for you is that you walk in the purpose for which God made and created and redeemed you for. We love to connect people to purpose. We thank you for giving us this opportunity. And if you're ever in Longview or you are in Longview, I'd love to invite you to join us in person each weekend. Listen, I pray God's best for your life. I believe if you follow Jesus, your best is ahead.